Oh my god, my clock is a minute fifty five seconds ahead. <laughs> that's that's actually life threatening uh, gap, Steve. You could you something could in two minutes kill you without your knowledge. If someone's like, oh, "I'll see you in two minutes," yeah, you look <laughs> like an asshole. <laughs> you look like such a dick. <laughs> he who knows most grieves most for wait. Wait, he who know most grieves most for wasted time. He who know most. It's the quote. Oh, from. Uh, Dante. Dante from Devil from Devil May Cry. Oh, so is this? I don't remember. I don't remember <laughs> saying that in the game. <laughs> I don't remember that in the game. Dante's Inferno for <laughs> Xbox 360, featuring Dante from Devil May Cry. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Oh, I forgot about that Dante's Inferno. Game. Dude, they made it. a video game about the classic Renaissance literature. It's like a fucking phone book. You could kill someone with this book, and they made a video game about navigating the seven circles of hell. I forgot about that. I think that came out during, yes, it was what? during Steve's poor, poor period. So I, I wish didn't. it was successful so that we would get, like, the Count of Monte Cristo for PS4, you know? like that would, or like just a, more yeah more classic just more literature classics. Yeah, turned into video games like it's like it's oliver twist the R- the fable rpg because <laughs> uh, they're all creative commons like you can call it oliver twist legally oh yeah because they're all in the public domain that's why it was dante's inferno they were like oh this is free we can just do this and people know this it's the disney's uh, animated movie approach to ip creation <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome back to episode 227 of the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast. It's been a minute, Steve. We, we would call season it... Season three. Uh, season three. Season three. A pregnant pause while, um, you know, <clears throat> nature is a series of cycles, Steve. And uh, as the great Kanye West once said, uh, everything in your life happens for a reason. The people are seasons. And we've both transitioned into a new show season and a new personal season. Uh, that was a very dramatic way to say, sorry, we haven't done a podcast in like a month and a half, but uh, yeah, a lot of stuff happened. Me personally, I'm okay saying like, yeah, my longtime partner broke up with me. I got a new job and then, yeah, I just didn't really work on a lot of things. And then Steve got sick a bunch, didn't you? And other personal yeah, things. Yeah, there was, there was some stuff, which I won't say, but then I also got really sick. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> it's been it's been kind of nuts. And the thing happened, the two things for us happened on the same day, which is kind of crazy. So that's what I was saying. Yeah. We need to have... <laughs> For the Canadian Game Devs Chronicles, we need to like name that day. Yeah, the yeah, it was a tough day uh, for both both yeah. parties involved. But no doubt, I appreciate that when I told you my thing, you didn't just drop your shit. No, yeah, I was gonna tell you, uh, but but <laughs> that happened. And I was like, oh, this can wait a bit. <laughs> just like sat on it. And he just dropped it on me in yeah. like a random time. I think I think I said something. Oh, I was like, I was like, oh, PSVR comes out tomorrow, and you're like, haha, get fucked. Oh, by the way, <laughs> yeah, my partner broke, broke up with me. <laughs> yeah, no, and I also, um, also just want to say, I completely forgot that a few months ago, Kanye West uh, said all that stuff about Hitler. Like he was still just the annoying guy in my head. So I'm gonna retract great Kanye West and change it to hilarious Kanye West. Um, I didn't even hear you say great. I just heard you say the quote. I so. shouldn't have highlighted it then. Now I just made it worse. <sighs> you could have just not. We could, do you want to restart? No, that was funny. Oh, what? Uh, Let's leave that in and roll into the show. I want to shout out our new patron who might be regretting that decision after hearing all that. Ben Thomas uh, at the dollar a month level. Thank you, Ben, for your support. It's cool. I don't know if this is weird or if this is something I should be doing, but you can look at what everyone's supporting and Ben's supporting like 14 Patreons. It's cool. So shout out to Ben, keeping the arts alive and us. Nice. 
Yeah, it's public. You can just, I think you have an option if you want to hide it or not, but mm -hmm. yeah. I also want to plug our Instagram and TikTok again. Uh, I'm doing more Instagram stories. Uh, I, I am taking a clip out of the two most recent interviews, put it on our story, and then I'm going to do a bunch of news this week and more Instagram posts. And I posted a second TikTok. Uh, Steve held me accountable in the comments, as you all should, dear listeners. Uh, and I'm going to post an, a third one about the two most recent interviews we did, and I want to plug this up top, Steve. I'm going to say it. I don't know if this is hyperbolic. It's just how I feel. But these are my two favorite things I've ever done professionally, probably, and definitely through this site. But in the feed before this episode, there's an interview with the Floor Kids crew, Amesh and Rob from Hall Labs in Victoria. Floor Kids animation artist extraordinaire, John John, who's an absolute pleasure to talk to and inspiration to hear from. And... DJ Kid Koala, who's made music for Scott Pilgrim, uh, Baby Driver, uh, a bunch of, uh, I have a vinyl of his, of, of an album he did. He's one of the best. He was four floor kids uh, making the beats and then pressing them to vinyl in his studio and then scratching them on the turntable in his office with like different needles to get different effects. And I hope if people who listen to the floor kids interview, like pay attention to the songs I chose, you can hear the texture in his music, like in the crackle. And that's him in his office in Montreal or, uh, or wherever he was working out of in Victoria, like making records <laughs> and recording them in real time for a video game. That's just one of the many amazing details in that interview. Uh, and of course the one year anniversary, interview with the tunic crew which was super cool so steve i embarrassed myself twice in that interview um and i, I kept it in because i'm a firm believer in uh yeah actually it makes you endearing i think and, and keeps you mm -hmm. keeps you honest but yeah no i i shit on the cuphead lack of uh, accessibility options and then <laughs> andrew was like uh eric worked on cuphead i'm like oh eric <laughs> or uh, uh yeah i didn't like that there was no mode and he was like yeah i pushed back on that too and <laughs> i was like oh okay cool <laughs> he's like wasn't my you know direction i was like Fair enough. Uh, and then the other guy, Kevin, is the audio director at Power Up Audio. You remember them? Like, I count a Canadian game if they worked on it. And they've worked on, like, every Vancouver indie game, like Darkest Dungeon, Celeste. Uh, they're working on Earthblade. Uh, and they did Tunic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's the director there. So he was able to talk about, like, Celeste and its development and its accessibility mode in comparison to uh, Cuphead's and in how he took some of what they learned about that for tunic's no fail mode and tunic actually has two accessibility options it's really cool how they designed the one is just the no fail mode like celeste just turn it on don't die get through whatever and he, he said like 99 percent of people don't use it except for like one boss like they turn it on to get past a boss and then turn it off again mm. and the other interesting thing was there's like sort of a late game uh sort of longer puzzle kind of like wind waker but like not bad like the gamecube one <laughs> but they designed an accessibility mode to like help people get through that puzzle if they wanted like kind of like a hint in an escape room or something you know what i mean did you just did you have to like just like grind out like the money like you did for the no, triforce no no, stuff no. it's like more of like he, we didn't want to spoil it there's like there's sort of a yeah, that's right, yeah that's a right. bigger puzzle at the end <laughs> involving you know going to places and yeah like figuring stuff out that they added like an extra layer of help for uh and that was really interesting cool. to talk to you but yeah rambling up top i'm super proud of both those interviews and i hope people like them I bought uh, I bought Floor Kids just now. Hell yes, playing the sound effect. Um, man, Floor Kids Winner. is so good, and uh, we're giving away three copies of Floor Kids on Steam. Uh, I posted the uh, interview in a tweet, and if you retweet that, follow us, Floor Kids and Hall Labs. I'll pick a winner Friday, uh, March twenty fourth, noon Eastern. But yeah, great game. The the platinum might be doable here. Is it? So. I see. I played it on Switch, so I didn't even see the achievement list. I'm, I don't know what the 
the things it asks for are? Uh, like unlock a bunch of characters, move cards, earn five crowns on all tracks in different areas. Mm. Where's some golds here? Make it to the rooftop. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, I guess get a hundred percent perfect rhythm score in one dance routine. Yeah, that's doable. Um, What's the diff? Like, how many people have earned it? Perform a strobe while hitting a combo. Yeah, you could do that. Earn over a hundred thousand points on dance routine. Yeah, yeah, no, which, that's very doable. What's like the lowest one? Okay, wait here. Hit a ten on flavor. Perform all sixteen plus moves, fly moves on any character in one dance routine. Ooh, that's that be that'll be. I mean, the songs are like two, to one to three minutes, I'd say. So, mm. and it takes like maybe five to ten seconds to execute a move. So, with that math, like doing ten moves in one song will take a bit of practice, but it'd probably be like three to five, and then you get it. Fourteen percent platinum. So that's that's pretty high. Stay tuned for Steve's. Uh, wait, did you you buy it on PlayStation? But on PlayStation, yeah. all right. <sighs> it's on sale. But the thing here's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. I have to play this before Friday. Because um, Resident Evil 4. Yeah, these games don't have a fucking chance in hell at <laughs> <laughs> being played after Friday. Dude, so. I'm getting it too. I'm getting it too. Uh, and also, I just recorded an interview with Christopher from Treewood Studios. He's making this game Hockey Heroes out of a cabin in the Kawartha Woods using Starlink uh, satellite internet. And it's the most Canadian fucking studio I've ever seen, like from his webcam. It was like the most 70s wood panel grandma basement walls with like hockey sticks in the corner and a couple mini stick nets and like jerseys on the wall. It was awesome. Nice. Yeah, no. It, and he had like a shit ton of classic hockey arcade, uh, not arcade, um, like console games, like NES and Sega games, like in boxes and stuff. It was sick. That's coming soon as well. Oh, okay. We should probably play a song and then do some news. How's that? Sounds good. strategy steve is i'll plug the event when i put it on the site and then the week of well this week toronto game expo saturday march 25th bunch of games being sold in toronto link in the show notes um not even gonna bother shuffling paperwork on that it was it was a it was a sticky note you know what i mean Mm. let's get into some news uh mostly like game dates as things shake out in people's 2023 production calendars uh but also uh, a couple interesting news stories uh, starting with some date news, though, to Montreal. Goodbye, Volcano High. Steve, do you remember the PS5 reveal stream this game was in? I know. It was It was in there. <laughs> so yeah. many years ago. <laughs> what was that, like, March 2020? Or, like, it was before... It was earlier, wasn't it? When did they reveal the was PS5? It, yeah, like, was it during COVID? It, I think it might have been, because I think they, the Xbox event was in May. But, yeah, I remember joking with you that uh, I'm like, oh, there's not going to be any Canadian logos in like the PS5 thing. And then I saw the co-op mode logo. Co- I was like, 
wait the fucking communist montreal indies are in the the freaking ps5 reveal event let's go i don't know if they're actually communists don't don't follow up on that june june 11th okay yeah so it'll be almost three years to the day it was announced because the next date for goodbye volcano high on pc and ps5 is june 15th so it'll be like a couple days and three years uh from uh announcement to several delays to uh, unfortunate mass targeted harassment campaigns on social media to a hopefully successful launch in a few months. Um, but yeah, they. I'm excited. I like the idea of it too. Just the like the end of the school year and also you know the comet that destroys yes and stuff yeah. like that. So I love I love that. Um, I don't know what do you call that duality. Like I, I love that idea. The appeal to me so, is like. Like, you know how depressed teenagers are? Like, you know, the Bart Simpson, like, oh, making teenagers depressed is like taking candy from a baby or something. And yeah. imagine how depressed you would be if at the end of summer, you everyone was also just dying. Like, how much that would just, yeah. like, add to the, <laughs> the irony of your your depression. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm pretty stoked for this one. I got it on the, on the wish list and... Yeah, I hope it's. I hope it's good. I hope it comes through. I, I'm wondering what happened. Like, I'm. I'm assuming they didn't expect it to take three years after that announcement. I don't so. know, honestly. And and I was really hoping for more uh, co-op <coughs> minis, like Depenier Nocturne, one of my favorite games, of 2020. But I think like so much of the focus had to go on this this as the scope increased, because obviously the scope increased past what they expected, because they had to delay it a couple times. Um, yeah. That I, that, like I hope after this, this does so well, they could start putting out more co-op minis. And uh, mm. helping bolster the the little fun games that I really like because I play games for thirty minutes and then scroll TikTok for two hours. Um, That's the way to do it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, stoked for that one. Uh, also in Quebec, further up the road, Baldur's Gate three. It's coming out finally, leaving early access uh, and also launching on consoles August thirty first. That's PS five, SX, Mac, and Windows. Uh, yeah. Larian Studios, they're European, but have offices in Quebec, of course. And yeah, I don't know, this isn't my shit. Aaron, maybe, Aaron, if you play this, let me know if this is good or not. I think I remember I'm, asking I'm, him about it, but I forget what he said. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not big on the CRPGs either, so mm-hmm. I will... Because, like, Divinity Original Sin is, like, kind of the the latest one that I played, and it didn't really grab me, mm-hmm. but... It's uh, a genre. I know Baldur's Gate has... has uh, a big history with nerds. So I remember this one being contentious, I think because it was an early access launch, but it was seventy nine ninety nine from launch, even though it was early access. Like, wait, why am I giving you so much? Like, and you know, it is kind of like, so my approach to early access, as we said in the last episode, uh, is a pre-order. So I guess they also uh, see it as that. <laughs> uh, but I think people were expecting uh, a, a cheaper price to help them literally play test it. Um, yeah, I guess too. It's not like it's not uh, the original games are Bioware games, and mm. so it's clear it's obviously not Bioware anymore. So mm. maybe there's that too. But I think it's actually from the Divinity series people. So mm. um, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll cautious. That's an interesting time to come out too, because isn't Diablo three that same time? Or four? Do you mean Diablo? Or yeah, Diablo Four, 4 is like launch. right around that time, like in that summer. Diablo Four launches June twenty twenty three, so yeah, a nice like three month gap. People make some mm. money from their summer jobs, hucking hot dogs at the baseball stadium to buy Baldur's Gate Three. 
That's what I'll be doing. Yes, Steve, his little cap and apron, and the the, the over strap over the top uh, basket of hot dogs. I always wanted to work at uh, the OHL stadium that we or the OHL rink that we have. I had friends who like worked the concession stand and stuff like that, and they said it was pretty sweet because you're only busy for like twenty minutes, right? Yeah, <laughs> and then and then you just get to watch hockey type of thing. That's so. true. Huh. And those twenty minutes, there is no there's no hockey, right? So you don't even it's miss like the only, game. <laughs> yeah, like you're only really busy during at the start. And then the first and second, and even after the se- like during the second, it's not that busy because people are kind of done eating yeah. and stuff. Uh, and then yeah, during the periods, like especially the last ten minutes, like no one is checking and stuff. So huh. they always told me it was like a pretty sweet job. That's awesome. Uh, moving it further southwest along that Trans Canada Highway to Toronto, Ontario, <laughs> uh, Steve, Christine Love, and the team uh, behind the lesbian. SNES inspired road trip dating sim thing game indie hit getting the car loser exclamation point uh, is getting a second DLC update which uh, was the first time I realized I'd missed the first DLC update Um, but it's a paid story expansion to the game with like new levels new story stuff obviously Uh, yeah and just more of the game that people seem to really like so yeah check it out Nice. I don't think there's a, or there might be a bundle on Steam. Sometimes they do. Let's see. Yeah, you can get the complete edition. Ooh, it's half off right now for $23, normally 48 Boom. Um, comes with the soundtrack, the... both DLCs and the base game. Oh, actually, never mind. Mm. I was going to say, even this DLC is on sale, but it's only until March 23rd. So, uh, Yeah, patrons. You have, patrons. you have 24 hours to get it on sale. Everyone else become a patron. Uh yeah, I, I didn't play this one, Steve. But this seems more like something because it is trying to go for that SNES like RPG vibe. Something you might enjoy. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, because it's isn't the base game free as well? There's I think like maybe. I think a prologue. I think I don't see the demo. Maybe it's one of those ones where it's like a separate store page. Get in the car, loser. No demo. Okay, maybe there was a demo and they took it down. I don't know, but you can check it. That's out. fair. Yeah. Next bit of news in toronto chivalry 2 from torn banner studios steve a game we played on our extra life stream uh and have streamed once or twice uh shout out to oh did you yeah shout out to eros um for playing that with me roadmap for 2023 has been posted and it's bringing the complaint i remember every time i launch the game cross-platform parties you could not up until this point play the game across steam epic xbox playstation the platforms it's on uh which caused us an issue at the extra life stream because eros and i even on pc had to figure out how to get on the same platform so i think he got his game pass trial or something to download it so thank you eros for doing that but (laughs) that will not be a problem at extra life 2023 because chivalry 2's actually it might because that's just a 2023 roadmap so it could come out in december (laughs) with that update technically yeah i I remember that was such a huge thing too like during reddit because it still had cross play Mm -hmm. yeah you get matched of course because yeah you get matched but you couldn't party up with people and i was always like for me i didn't really care that much because i was like well that just means i'm playing humans yes like it doesn't i don't like i didn't really have anyone else to play it with so it wasn't a huge concern Mm -hmm. but um this actually not that anything here is driving with me because I'm seeing new campaign passes, which I'm just like, oh, man, yeah. more fucking season passes. But it was just reminding me of this game, and I kind of want to play it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reinstall this bad boy. No, the two big things um, this will have for the casuals is, of course, cross-play parties and like just new maps with new objectives. Because as you know, like yeah. there's an attack and defense, and there's only a certain <laughs> amount of combinations of castles and fortifications and like different 
things you have to do to get to the middle of the castle to win. So there's new maps with new objectives, so that'll be fun. Nice. Yeah. No new trophies, though, but that's okay. Because mm. I have a low trophy percentage anyways, but... Hopping all the way to the end of that Trans-Canada Highway to Vancouver, British Columbia, Darkest Dungeon 2 is leaving Early Access May oh. 2023. Uh, it's only on Steam and Epic Games. Um, Darkest Dungeon 1, of course, came to literally everything, including the Vita, where I could not read the fonts. And I assume Darkest Dungeon 2 is, of course, going to come to those platforms in the months and years after it leaves Early Access. Mm-hmm. But this is big. Uh, it will also, it, right, as of uh, now, or maybe just during Steam Next Fest, had a demo that people checked out. Um, nice. And I will say, I listened to two different podcasts, gave impressions on that demo, and they were a little lukewarm on it. They were unimpressed with the balance. They found it pretty brutal. Uh, I haven't played mm. since it launched, and I got to the end of the launch content. Uh, it took me two runs, but I did do it, and I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was fun. I'll wait till launch. So it's possible that in the year since, it has gotten crushingly hard. And, like, I didn't beat Darkest Dungeon 1. It was also brutal. So I was like, oh, sounds yeah, like more Darkest, Darkest Dungeon. Dungeon. Yeah, I got my ass whooped in Darkest Dungeon 1. So <laughs> they were, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they were saying, like, specifically, like, in Darkest Dungeon 1, you realize the risk you took and, like, the the... Uh, fights never really felt as unfair as like oh, a couple unfortunate things happened. It they said like it feels like sometimes in Darkest Dungeon too like there was no way to win like it was just that unbalanced mm. and so I don't know I'm excited mm. to check it out. It'll be one of those ones that I got the cheap pre order <laughs> just to have it when it launched through early access. Uh, you gonna check it out? Steve? Yeah, you'll wait till PS5 maybe uh, or Steam Deck. I'll maybe? probably wait. For, I'll- I'll wait for the PS5 or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not even on Steam, eh? No, yeah, it's Steam it's still and Epic. Just Epic? No, it, yeah, it came to Epic first and then oh, okay, Steam okay. later. Uh, also in early access, so. Uh, no, I'll, pro- I'll probably still just wait for the PS5. Okay. And, and the, or maybe the Vita. Maybe they'll bring it to Vita. Of course. Like the first maybe one. they'll bring it to PlayStation VR 2. Ooh. <laughs> uh, be sweet. Also in Vancouver, this is a weird one, Steve. So uh, I had to actually read this article and not just the headline to kind of understand what was going on here. Um uh phoenix labs <laughs> makers of dauntless uh have regained independence after management buyout uh so the studio will spin out of garena their parent group and go private once again uh i think the um a good recent uh similar story in games was like destiny kind of going like under activision for a bit in terms of an investor in their projects and then regaining independence but then also just getting mm-hmm. bought by sony again but that's kind of what this feels like here i'm not a very industry uh harvard business school guy but i don't i don't know if it's too different than what happened with bungie what do you think about this story um who who is the like parents garena like, they're who? a singapore singapore based uh, company or like they're they're kind of like Singapore's Tencent if that's fair, right? Mm. Like the, just the giant, the, the, the big, big media, giant tech yes. company. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I guess like I'm is this speak that like uh, Dauntless is just super healthy and like because there's that what's that farming game that's coming out? We have Faye a Fae Farms on for Switch this year. Fae Farms is coming out. Co-op. So we got hype around that Harvest Moon um, like thing. I don't know, because I guess, like, with Destiny, it was like, okay, some of the predatory, like, microtransaction nonsense shit that this game has, you feel like it's Hectavision. Mm-hmm. But Dauntless, I never got that um, got that feeling. But I guess the less 
uh, higher up executives you got to pay, the less scummy bullshit you can have in your game or you need to have in your game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's like we, you and I were talking about before the call with like uh, 2K recently said uh, they had three big quote unquote underperformers in Marvel Midnight Suns, uh, PGA 2K23 and Tales from the Borderlands. And the reason they do that and say they underperform is because they set such insanely high like projections for like what this game needs to sell to be considered a success by the C-suite mm-hmm. of 2K that a it either hits that and is a success immediately green light sequel try to milk this as fast as possible annualize it or b it doesn't hit that we can say oh it underperformed and then if we need to cut a bunch of developers say in a massive uh, <laughs> recession looking like tech worker purge uh, we can look at those teams and say well your project underperformed you're getting cut and not the gta team yeah one one thing at the end of this article is is the ceo or wait no the parent company initially acquired phoenix labs in january 2020 for 150 million we talked to phoenix Labs ceo at the time who shared his plans to expand the studio in new areas such as mobile and emerging markets like southeast asia and south america thanks to their support that was three years ago and they don't have like like Dauntless is still not on a mobile and Faye Farm is coming to switch. So, huh. so you think there was sort of a kind of pivot in like their, like the management or Garena had plans <clears throat> that someone else. Yeah. I mean, who with. knows? Like maybe there was like a Dauntless mobile thing coming in. And that was like the reason why they kind of existed or why that partnership needed to be um, similar to like Call of Duty mobile. Cause that's made by Tencent, I think, isn't it? Uh, I think PUBG mobile is published by Tencent. And that's yeah. Like, so one of those mobile ones, um, and they obviously didn't do that. So, so I don't know big business numbers. Like I hear Bethesda getting bought for seven billion. I'm like, I don't know what seven billion dollars looks like. Does 150 million for this studio, uh, almost three years ago, mean that to take it back private, you'd have to pay a lot more? Because assumably it grew in value as players added, and we launched and announced new games. Does that mean to like take it back? You had to drop more than 150 million. Like we had that sitting around. More than likely, yeah. Huh. They would want to have some sort of profit from their sale. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that, though, like depending because there's other things in there too. Like if they they would have also got the rights to Dauntless, and that might have been separate. Mm. You know, they might have they might have been able to kind of go. Like when when Destiny or when sorry when Bungie broke off from Activision, like they took the Destiny um, IP yes. or whatever, like they they owned it. Whereas I don't know, there's probably other situations. Or when where Bungie they're... left Microsoft, they kept the Halo license. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly that. So there's there's things like that. So it sounds like they have the Dauntless and the Fay Farm like IP. Like there's nothing about that changing. Mm-hmm. So you got to imagine that yes, if. If uh, Greena was just going to walk away with nothing after this, they would have got more than 150 million mm. out of it. Okay, that's interesting. Dauntless still seems to be doing well on the charts, both in terms of like you know players and recurrent user spending, uh, and of course, Fay Farm <laughs> coming out later this year for Switch, which is is it just their second game ever? Yeah, I'm on their Wikipedia page, and huh. that's all they have. Because it, it was like Dauntless, Dauntless, Early Access, like what, 2018, 17, 19? Uh, 2019 is the year list here. Uh, but in 2018, they announced Dauntless had reached 2 million registered users. So Oh, so it must have been Early Access before 2019. Because I, I think I've heard about it for a while. I don't know. 
Yeah. But yeah, that's funny that it's been like six years later. This is just their next game. That's the thing. Like, I don't, and tell me if you agree with this in trend emerging in Canadian game studios. But we have studios that have been doing one live service game profitably for a while and i assume putting money aside to make more ip that they own and can then make money off of because we have Mm -hmm. dead by daylight doing the dating sim which was like their first just new their own game since dauntless or uh, sorry since dead by daylight launched in 2016 uh we have warframe do you remember when they tried to do that card game they announced but i don't think it actually came out Uh, oh yeah 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 yeah. and uh, i assume there's other like things getting like tossed around back there for original IP that they could make while it's not all you know else too mm. you know what else was announced too behavior interactive I'm not blanking right now behavior interactive is the dead by daylight people yes right? yeah they announced um this game I don't know if this was announced before but get meet your maker day one is yes and it's coming out so soon actually yeah yeah no yeah dead by daylight is really trying to diversify their portfolio i mean behavior uh is because because yeah. again and i think as we've said repeatedly on this show they <laughs> both like behavior uh, interactive and the community realize there's only so many horror ip characters you can put into something before you run out you know i know these studios are just remaking screen like they're just making screen yeah. and new ones they're not making come up with like new horror monsters for them to, to like take like fortnite has an infinite horizon because like yes you can absorb game characters movie characters there's characters who have book series and they've never been visually represented before who are in fortnite for the first time there's just the whole NFL yeah there's the you know you can it's it's perfect for that because it'll just absorb anything like it's the blob but dead by daylight like will saturate horror as a genre eventually like uh and so yeah they gotta have meet your maker they gotta have uh dead by daylight dating sim to spin up the dead by daylight cu i guess right like like, because imagine three or four years after dead by daylight, like continues to do really well year over year. And with all the game movies and TV shows getting greenlit, why not a dead by daylight TV show with Netflix? You know, like sure. It's about the, it's four kids being hunted by, you know, maybe different or just one of the behavior owned (laughs) monsters and it's eight episodes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah rambling a bit there steve but yeah shout out to phoenix congrats on your independence um does this mean because uh people in our discord mainly sas game dev love you sask have pointed out that you know a lot of these studios we cover are owned by non-canadian a lot of that money doesn't stay in canada (laughs) but phoenix labs is now owned by people in canada yeah so i you know trudeau's getting all that more tax money than i guess excellent uh, <laughs> and moving just a short float plane away from the end of that highway to Victoria, BC. Uh, this is just something I noticed and just wanted to highlight because it was the first time I'd heard about it. it. Might be the first time you have Steve as well. But Raphael Van Lierop, the founder and CEO of Hinterland, the Long Dark Development Studio, uh, posted on LinkedIn this week. Uh, Join me and a great team in creating a brand new sci-fi world. Quote unquote, hummingbird is something very special and I'm not biased a bit. Uh, And then he's sharing a hinterland post for uh, an environment concept artist. And in that post, it says, uh, join our diverse team of game devs to help us set the tone and style of our new original science fiction IP. 
codename Project Hummingbird. And this is really interesting to me because sci-fi would be such a big departure from, and again, another studio that's just made one game since 2014, The Long Dark, uh, now doing something else with that big pile of money you've assumably made from this game over the past eight, nine years. Uh, So yeah, had you heard of Project Hummingbird? No, I haven't. That's actually brand new. I didn't even realize that guy left. So, which guy? Uh, the like the. Oh no! Oh, sorry. I thought you meant hummingbird. Okay, sorry. sorry. No, no. Can, he also. Uh, I thought he. I thought. I thought he left. He did recently uh, step down as like creative direction on Long Dark. I think to do more of not step down, but like he sort of stepped up to do. I think manage bigger projects like Project Hummingbird and Long Dark simultaneously, and they had sort of right. someone fill in his spot leading Long Dark. Uh, I I think if I recall. Right, right. Um, no, I was I was thinking that he had left and Project Hummingbird was like the new game from that new studio. Oh, no, no. So yeah, he's still there. Still that. his baby. Yeah. I assume. Uh, his baby, I mean, not that he's still there. What do you think of a sci-fi hinterland game? Like, no, they've been making telltale-looking snow and people for eight, nine years now. <laughs> Let's see what... I bet they're itching, Steve. Those artists are just like... To get out of yeah, there. Yeah, those artists are itching for some neon cities or something, you know? Yeah, I'm just trying to think because like the whole part of it is that it's middle of nowhere wilderness, uh, snowy, um, like but in space, like what? It, I don't know. Mm. Um, it's cool. I think they kind of. I feel like they've also realized like they because didn't they they released the Hinterlands DLC and didn't they get some uh, or the the long dark like it was like a year past yeah. thing and yeah it was received really poorly. Uh, but yeah, so I'm wondering if they're kind of. They realize they're hitting. It's kind of how I feel. What like No Man's Sky is doing. Like eventually, you got to move on. No, Steve. Like, it's literally from, the universe. You can just keep adding things to the universe. <laughs> but I mean, the game. But like the yeah. But the game. It's true. No, there's only not, so many genres you can shoehorn into No Man's Sky, like <laughs> a base builder or a tra- an econ- economy trading layer or all these. Well, the things. thing I was talking with. Yeah, the thing we're talking about with No Man's Sky in the Discord is like there's no microtransactions in it either. So they just keep putting stuff in it. Eventually, you're just going to get to the people that don't want to buy the game. Like you're running out of people to buy the game. It's like how Amazon thinks that like they're going to run out of people to hire. So they got to like get the robots going. Yeah. They just rather do that than treat their employees well. But that's the thing. That's so the beauty like, of the market, Steve. Like we, it only matters what happens in the next four months. You don't have to think past the next four months. Like as long, <laughs> as long as Grand Theft Auto online and uh, as long as the long dark is profitable, these four months <laughs> we're golden. I guess. I don't know. They must just see, be seeing the numbers. Like the, the game can't be more popular than it was. It will, you know, it will saturate. Like it has to saturate. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So yeah, you're right. I'm, the artists are probably just like, thank God. I don't <laughs> have to fucking make snow. If I have to draw Thanks. one more squirrel, I am going <laughs> to everyone in the studio. No, I'm not going to say that. I mean, they could just easily throw in some sci-fi stuff into that that world but maybe they don't want to do that maybe they want i mean to it, if i recall i might be remembering wrong but i think the story is a little like sci-fi e because like it's like a post-apocalypse like but it's a post-apocalypse experienced from a rural location so like you can't really tell you know what i mean yeah and you don't know what happened yeah it's some like i am legend disappearance great dis- disappearing of people <laughs> suddenly event what the hell is the game called again we keep saying it but the long dark look it up yeah long dark thank yeah you. yeah and so it takes place in a rural uh canadian setting too i think i might be misremembering it might be i believe it was like northern quebec or it might be bc because that's where they are i don't honestly remember 
But um, I did a little tweet today that a couple of people liked that was just like Canadian flags and video games. And I found uh, Celeste has one as you're going up the mountain. The Long Dark has them everywhere because there's just like cabins and like little ranger outposts that just have like a dilapidated Canadian flag. Uh, and then, of course, right. South Park, the Stick of Truth when they go to Canada uh, and the new Queen Street map from Overwatch 2. I've never actually played the. It's South it's Park a re- I so I don't know the show very well, but it's a recurring bit. Like, like the Canadians and the British look stupid. Like they have the heads that. Go oh up yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah, that's recurring. Where yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, it's really good. Yeah, the only ones who look more but, like actual people are the Americans. I don't think this game ever got a PS5 no, port too, because I just remember thinking the biggest part was the loading. Yeah, yeah, but the loading is actually improved on the next gen just because of the ssd like it's just loading faster so you would notice playing the ps4 version on your ps5 faster load times yeah because i definitely i remember now i didn't do season i didn't do episode three or four mm. i did episode i've got episode two mm. so of the winter uh, i would love to re, I, re, I would love to dive back into this one but i know i know i'm not going yeah to, so not going to bother all right, Steve, and then uh, just a couple of quick hits from the February 8th Nintendo Direct uh, that I saw Canadian games in two of the sizzle sections where they just show a bunch of games really quick with the Target announcer guy voice explaining the game. Uh, Minecraft Legends, which we talked about last episode, from Blackbird Interactive in Vancouver is coming to Switch. Uh, also Game Pass and other consoles. Uh, Omega Strikers. Steve, now, do you remember a while ago? Oh, yes. Yeah, so Odyssey Interactive, which was former Riot and uh, actually Respawn devs, and actually their current social person used to be the Apex social person. Uh, they're in Waterloo with a bunch of VC money making this game Omega Strikers uh, for mobile and Switch because it was in this direct. Mm. And that launches very soon, actually. Yeah, first big game from Odyssey Interactive and a bunch of venture capitalists uh, eagerly awaiting a uh, very profitable end of 2023, hopefully, thanks to this game's success. Ooh, At least partially. And, the bank, and hopefully their bank doesn't close. <laughs> On Switch. Uh, <laughs> damn it, Steve. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, Sea of Stars is just you know there again to remind you that it looks incredible and is going to be an incredible <sighs> game and, and take up. Does that have a date? Uh, doesn't it? It's 2023. Uh, I should have done this before. August 29th, 2023. That's what it says. Switch, Boom. PS4, 5, Xbox One, SX, and Windows. Yeah. Still the most profitable. Profitable is the wrong word. Uh, sorry, like biggest Canadian video game Fun Kickstarter. Dude. Yeah. All right, that's it for the news. Links to these up on our website, Steve. I did it again, or I will have when people listen to this. It's not up right now, but through the power of producing time travel. Um, (laughs) These will all be actual bespoke articles that you can read and look at pictures and trailers of on our website. Links in the show. And share with people. And share with people. And react to in our Discord. Please. Uh, Yeah, let's, uh, I don't know. Do what's a good song from this? I want. I'll throw a "Get in the Car, Loser" song. There's something in the air, the cloud of dust that trails behind us. It's cast into a shape enough to be divine suggestion. A passing from beyond, a plea to something deeper than ourselves. Don't you feel it, rain?
crack some knuckles, pop open Steam or your Steam Deck, and wishlist mm. some games. How's that sound? Sounds good. I'm, I'm, I'm on Steam. Steam Deck's on the table. Okay. Me, so. Also, Steam Deck's like 10% <coughs> off for the spring sale. I saw. interesting. That's like 100 yeah. bucks. I know. Uh, that's funny. Uh, first game today, Steve. I first saw a GIF of Infinite Guitars. I want to say in like spring 2019. Like it was, I don't even, I think it might've been before I started following or before I joined Canada game devs. Uh, they have now signed with humble who of course published a short hike. One of my favorite games, Canadian game, uh, and is now publishing infinite guitars on steam March 30th, 2023. It's also, you'll be interested to know Steve coming to Xbox and switch, I think, yep. uh, but I don't know. I don't think PlayStation yet. Uh, but a short hike came to PlayStation eventually. All the humble games do. It's, it'll probably come, just not right away. Quote, That's fine. Fight mechs with metal-crushing rock in Infinite Guitars, a genre-melting rhythm RPG featuring vibrant anime-inspired art and blazing original soundtrack. Battle against war machines with electrifying guitar solos and save the planet. It is very anime, Steve, but it's a... Uh, I don't want to say the anime I like, because that seems rude, but no, it's it's hand-drawn very pretty uh stylish animations and there's been a in a vein of like hi-fi rush earlier this year and like uh i think a lot of games are are in a lot of like sort of smaller projects like this realize that in a world saturated with triple a has to look real trailers that all kind of look the same now if you just have a sick art style you can pierce through that pretty pretty easy not easily but much more effectively i think yeah. What do we think? Is this? Uh, I'm trying to. Is this game coming out? It comes out March 30th. Yeah. Wait. Did you say that? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was like looking for that when you said, it and I missed it. Entirely. Yeah. Yeah. This looks. Uh, this looks really cool. Really stylist. Um, with the fights, especially. So I'm trying to like. I'm looking at the trailer, mm-hmm. and it turns into like a Guitar Hero type of thing. Yeah. So with a. So there's three. Um. You know, like lanes that the notes are going to come down. They come from left to right on your screen. If you're on keyboard, it's uh, like up, down, left on the mouse or on the. Uh, directional what the hell are those called the arrow keys <laughs> and then if you're on a console it's axy or whatever and yeah, yeah you hit them on the beat and then there's like little interstitials where like i don't know if you notice in the trailer like you're fighting this big mech and then uh he starts shooting at you and you have to move like forward or backwards on the screen yeah. out of the reticles there's like the 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 rhythm game combat is punctuated with like other sort of interstitial like warrior wear style just like quick interactions yeah, I like the post uh, battle thing too when it shows you the XP yes. and scraps that you get. Yes, this is good. This looks really really cool. And so it's already on my wish list though for some reason. Oh yeah, so we did so this far. a while ago, but uh, they they oh, revamped okay. since then. Uh, okay, big okay. time. Yeah, with humble taking over. Um, right, right. Okay, cool. Yeah, and so uh, in a it's a double dip, but I have like a year plus expiration on uh, like if it's right. been a year. I did a control F. <laughs> I did a control F in our document and I didn't see it. So I was, it was through like a news story, not a wish list. This, mm, yeah, I see. It's when it first got announced coming to, I like the overworld overworld style too. Like, yeah, it goes chibi um, almost like they're super uh, small. Like, yeah. And yeah. it just, <clears throat> this is completely random, but it reminds me of way of the passive fist, Ooh. which is a, a beat em up. Yeah. From it gives me, like that stuff. Yeah. Huh. 
Yeah. So it's giving me that style as well. This is this is good. Like it looks post-apocalyptic almost, right? Like kind of just like, or you're just like in slummy kind of crappy areas. Yeah, we're definitely um, in, I guess, like sort of a tech fantasy <clears throat> world where, of course, rock and roll music is used to defeat evil. Like the fifth. The fifth screenshot is the cityscape with like a tree kind of growing out of some rubble and stuff. It looks like kind of a broken down, yeah, destroyed city. Yeah, something is in disrepair here. Oh, and actually the very last screenshot too, like definitely definitely some shit went down. Oh, yeah. So I'm excited by that too. So it looks pretty sweet. Excellent. I have to ask. I mean, if you've got a bunch of mechs running around too, world's probably not doing too No, well, no. Um, no, especially ones with big tentacle arms that point them at you like in the first screenshot. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Infinite Guitars by Nico Nico, published by Humble from Vancouver, on your Steam wish list? Yes, it is. I'm following it too. So, oh, excellent. To, to help with the double dip, even though I don't know the difference. I think it has something to do with getting the. <clears throat> and I uh, and I ended up turning off all my notifications on Steam. They're just <laughs> emailing me way too much. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure <laughs> if you're following it, like the news will show up in your home library on Steam, like at the top where like news articles come in for like games you're following. Mm. I don't know actually. Okay. Uh, next thing I wish list Ooh. this comes to us from Inferno Muse Interactive in Ottawa, Ontario. Edge of Dead colon under a uranium sky releasing TBD. There's a demo on Steam where you can also wish list it quote in this action roguelike game. You'll fight your way from a remote mining colony to the inner worlds of an alien infested star system. Choose a crew member, grab a weapon and prepare for chaos. So it's a twin stick shooter. It's a roguelike K that's a hard reset. Steve, I know how you and I feel about that, but a lot of nerds fucking love that. Uh, the, the, I would describe the twin stick shooterness as much more nuclear thrown than something like, um, dead nation or alienation. Yeah. Like it's a lot. I agree with that. Or, uh, like enter the gungeon. Like it's that kind of like really snappy pixel twin stick stick shooterness uh what do you think yeah it does look really sweet i know yeah you and i are you know the rogue we're not mr <laughs> mr uh, rogue like kings um but it definitely has the style and looks pretty sweet it just remind it reminds me of like an snes game mm. and uh mm-hmm. it looks good i like the pixel graphics looks crunchy mm-hmm. um if there's there's no Steam Deck yeah, verification yet, so you could download the demo and, and verify it on Steam Deck if you want. Oh, okay, I'll give it a try. Okay. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I your deep side. I'll do it on the thing. To roguelike. Okay, okay. So so here's the thing: it's tagged on Steam as roguelite, but they put like in the description, which confuses me a bit. Because of course, Someone if people are like, unaware, the key distinction is in a roguelite, like some things carry over, like dead cells. <laughs> you have new. You unlock more things you can pick up on the next run, or like, uh, what's the Cellador Games one? Rogue Legacy. Rogue Legacy is a light because you build up things in the town that give you an edge in the next run. Whereas a rogue like is a hard reset; nothing carries over but your skills. Yeah, or you, or you might like unlock a character or something like that. Yeah, that has different skills at the start, like um, Nuclear Throne. Yeah, I was thinking, don't starve. That too. Starve that has. too. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. No, that's fine. It looks it looks pretty cool. Um, this is, you know, maybe I will try. Maybe I will download the demo on my Steam Deck. Okay. Steam Deck's all the way across the room, though. So TBD. I don't know. Is stay there tuned. Like a, well, is there, yeah, stay tuned. Dad Deck De- a verification. Delayed, what was that? <laughs> the Dad Deck verification the, process. What was the... Um, sound? What's the, what's the sound you do for a demo? I don't know. You could do like a delayed one. Just do it randomly at the end of the podcast. Okay, sounds good. 
Um, Steve is Edge of Dead, which I like as a name. It's on the line, but I like <laughs> Edge of Dead actually. Uh, mm. From Inferno Muse Interactive in Ottawa, on your Steam wish list. Yes, it is excellent. I think I think uh, what's uh, what was that game for PS Five from the oh um oh shit from the Dead Nation people uh, <laughs> Returnal. <laughs> Returnal. Returnal yeah, yeah. is the only roguelike that I played, and I think it might even be or played and beat. It's the only one that I might have played like played for more than like a few hours. Huh. Like I have only beat <laughs> the most light of roguelites in Hades and Inscription, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think other ones. I beat Rogue Legacy mm. back in the day. Uh Ship of Fools, I guess. Yeah, okay, yeah. I beat right? Yeah, we yep. beat a roguelite. <laughs> Yeah, Ship of Fools is definitely the light yeah, of yeah. roguelikes, though. Like that was we beat on what our third or fourth run. Yeah, like our was... our success rate on a line graph would would shoot straight up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. that to say, last game today on wish list is comes at us from Wooly Walrus Games in Toronto, great studio name, releasing into early access soon. It's Dark Age Dinos, which I also like as a name. Three winner names this week. Good work, everyone. Quote. <laughs> Dark Age Dinos is a tactical roguelite. Travel alone or with friends through a medieval world of sword-wielding dinosaurs. Strategize your way through short adventures where teamwork is the key to success. Uh, and yeah, that's what it is. It's a grid-based, uh, you know, uh, strategy RPG rogue. Oh, oh my God! The reverse happens here. It's tagged roguelike, but the description is roguelite. Whoa. Guys, come on, help a brother out. I need to know what it is. But um, I assume you go with what the developer. Yes, I would always tag. go primary source over um, user assigned <laughs> tags. Uh, but yeah. it's exactly that. There's dinos in like armor, medieval armor <coughs> with bows and arrows, and other weird creatures. Like there's a goose with a sword that kind of looks like the goofy goose dad from Kung Fu Panda, uh, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, the trailer has online multiplayer in it, which is ambitious, which is pretty cool. Ambitious. Yeah. It's just a few lines of code. <laughs> Save as uh, Dark Age Dino dot multiplayer. Um, <laughs> yeah. What, what do you think of Dark Age Dino, Steve? It's a fun name to say. The, I like it every time I say it. Got the scalies. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not biggest on uh, strategy RPGs mm-hmm. with the grids and all that stuff. This looks like I'm not seeing the because usually that stuff has like a UI where it's like eighty percent to attack or blah blah blah. Right. Um, I'm not seeing that. I'm sure maybe it's in there. It's just not in the like UI and all that stuff. But I like I like it. It looks cool. It's just uh, you combine the rogue light with the strategy RPG, and you know I'm not not feeling it. Mm-hmm. But it does look um, it does look cool. And Dark Age Dinos like that is a neat. So the neat name. So, there's only two pairs. And online multiplayer. Online multiplayer is kind of cool. That would actually. That would like you and I playing this. That would get me into it. Yeah. Like, so I was gonna say you and I can play. There's only two paragraphs in their Steam description, and the first paragraph is travel alone or with friends through the land of Cretitia, a land of war, banditry, dinosaurs. Each mission is a short, self-contained journey with its own enemies. Abilities. Oh, nice. Your friend can't make it tonight. They can join you on the next mission tomorrow without getting left behind, or you can just strike out on your own and like finish the game. Uh, we get it. Not oh, a, so it's like a drop in, drop in exactly. Type, type or like, I guess, yeah. If you and I are campaigning, you, I can just play without you, or more likely, you play without me. Uh, and then just the next day, you kind of we do play again each other. We're just in the next area. Yeah. And just kind of bring I'll just I'll fill you in. Up. Yeah. That's what it seems like. And uh, yeah, 
That's cool. That's a really cool. I'm wondering world. the world, what world where there's like these hu- these humans that look weird, yeah. and dinosaurs, and a bird with that's a mage. And the world <laughs> like, is crit- crit- sorry, Cretacea is probably how you pronounce that, and it's probably a reference to like crustacean periods or whatever in dinosaur mm-hmm. times. Um, but yeah, no, I uh, really liked Wooly Walrus's other game on Steam, Beat Blast, which was another early Great access game. to launch, and now you know generally sits at very positive. Seems to have you know, use the early access period to do what you should with it and just get a bunch of people playing it and giving feedback. So the 1.0 version is much better than if you just worked on it on your own. Uh, personally, personally verified on steam deck. Yep. Yep. Dad deck verified. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I want to see what they have next. Cause I like what they've done so far. They used to do mobile games too. Like they've been around for quite a bit. I'm pretty sure before beat blast, mm. they were doing, some mobile stuff. I remember because I remember Toronto game devs games. covering them. Just, yeah, yeah, Beat Blast, Quick Drop. Yeah, Quick Drop. There was some puzzle stuff. Quick Drop was actually kind of fun. Includes a level Quick editor Tom. in the Steam features list for Dark Age Dinos. So, oh. no, it's, this is the scope of this game. Like, I'm looking at this list single player, online co op, local co op, split screen co op, cross platform multiplayer. I don't know what that means because I think it's only on Steam, but. Unless it supports like Mac or Linux, I don't know. But there's a achievements workshop, Steam Cloud saves, level editor, and then it uses the remote play together feature, which I've used a couple times to like play like uh, Cuphead or uh, mm. uh, other local games that don't have an <coughs> built-in play together option. But yeah, ambitious looks good. Is it on your Steam wish list? Yes, it is. Excellent. And uh, I'll drop the Dark Age Dino song in, and we'll come back and uh, talk about what we've been playing and close out the show. Yes. Before we talk about what we've been playing, though, Steve, I do want to highlight the the Bioshock Infinite Vendors Kickstarter uh, didn't succeed. Um, I was kind of interested in seeing a dollar bill machine made by some nerds in Winnipeg. But uh, yeah, so just wanted to highlight that for a little mini Kickstarter corner. Uh, But I have been playing games. You have been playing games. Do you want to talk about them? Steve. Also here, I so so for people who don't know, my process with editing the show and, and making the script every week is I'll listen to the Patreon version, make a bunch of edits, re-upload the Patreon, and then do the new edited version for public people. It's kind of like a play test of the show. But then I'll re-listen to the episode before we record the next one. And so Steve, on January 28th, 2023, told me in sincere earnesty that, quote, (laughs) my VR days are done. Steve, what did you purchase since saying that into a microphone? (laughs) uh playstation vr2 <laughs> and how is it <laughs> uh it's pretty sweet that's the so that's the thing like i haven't played vr it's funny because i have an, so yeah the deal was i have an oculus quest we were gifted one mm-hmm. when um by our realtor mm-hmm. when we sold and i was like I, I never played it barely ever played it I don't think I even ever bought a game on it. That's funny. I just had a bunch of stuff in wishlist, but I played some of the free stuff. I think a, a developer kind of gave me some games and mm. there's like some free like Google map shit on there and, and whatever. Yeah. And I just never played it. And I was like, Oh, it's so hard to play this. Like even, even the most easiest VR unit ever, which is just put it on your head and just do it. 
I, I just never yeah played. one less wire than the PSVR two. <laughs> yeah, and like eighteen less wires than the PSVR. True. So I, so I never played, it and I was telling Heather, and I was just like, you know, she's like, are you going to guess? Like, you probably shouldn't. And I was like, You're that's right, what I, I told you. <laughs> I was like. Like I have, it's like I'm not gonna pick up PSVR two until I play the Oculus numerous times, and then there's stuff on the on that I can't play it on PSVR two. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the same time that all this was happening, over the last 150 years or so, marketing <laughs> has just gone really good. You might have seen a little <laughs> HBO ditty called Mad Men. <laughs> <laughs> So Don Draper told tells me about the PSVR 2. So yeah, the PSVR 2 comes out. Or sorry, no, all the stuff comes out with all the reviews and stuff, and, and they're banning. Yeah. Firing People all loved it. Good reviews. I read People loved it. direct verbatim comfiest VR headset I've ever used, I think in four different reviews. Yeah, it is comfy. And then I was like, oh, man, that's tempting. And Heather's not the type of partner to sort of not tell me to get stuff because she kind of understands because she loves <laughs> who you, she's Steve. married. Um, yeah, and so I was just like, I was like, oh man, that's tough. Like, do I? I don't know. Game time decision. We'll see. And then the thing happened, and we kind of did this this uh, retail therapy stuff. So Heather bought like a bunch of Naruto shit, like four or five hundred dollars oh, like, for yeah. all the manga. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. What? I'll just buy it. Whatever. Because I'm going to just kill my... Like, I'm going to join the Reddit and just see all these people, dorks talking about yep. it. So I bought it. I ended up buying it. Uh, I've, I've definitely... I've played it more than Oculus, for sure. Like, without a doubt, I've played it more than the Oculus. Um, I haven't played it in, like, a week or so. So the thing that's... The other thing, it's awesome. So I have uh, After the Fall, which is, like, basically Left 4 Dead. Okay. Um, and then I have the Horizon game. Right. That's the like big. This is like the actual only real PlayStation made PSVR two exclusive. Uh, yeah, unless you count like Grand Turismo Seven is apparently like really amazing, right? On and it. that's sort of just an update um, to that game for people. Yeah, it was a free update. Yeah. It was a free update. Okay, okay. For it, um, Resident Evil Village is like that mode is exclusive as well. But as far as free. like Sony investing in making a game for the console they're selling you, it's only really yeah. It's, Horizon. It's, it was only Horizon. Yeah. And I don't even think they have one another one announced. That's crazy. Like there has to be a direct or something coming. Or or it is just like a bunch of games are in pre-production and everyone's just looking at the sales of the units to see if it gets greenlit, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then they just like if it's not doing well, then they're just like, "Okay, this is now a PS5 game." Um <laughs> There are, I think there's Sony backed like second party type of things. Yeah, they're, like, the they're paying for indies Firewall. for sure. Like they're paying to get yeah. stuff onto PSVR too. <clears throat> I'm waiting for Firewall because like Firewall and PSVR is still like one of the best gaming experiences I ever You're had. You're going to get the it little plastic so, gun so for good. your controllers? Oh yeah, yes, 100%. And, and the funny thing is like I played, I played that game with a buddy of mine. Yeah. And then we just didn't talk to each other for like three years. And then we just started talking to each other again because he's a big VR guy. Around PSVR too, like about, like that's what yeah. got you back like, together. Exactly. That's like awesome. I, I messaged him because I was like, if anyone I know is getting it, it's him. So I messaged him. He's like, oh yeah, dude, I have it pre-ordered with like Grand Turismo, <laughs> all these games. Dude's so rock. Him and I played, Dude's uh, rock. So, <laughs> so I played some after and like, yeah, we just kind of, we just kind of like jump right back in, right? Like I haven't talked to this dude in three years and, and our catch up is like 
10 minutes long. Oh, man. It's just like, I love Yo, you. It's Santa. so funny you mention that because, like, literally just this week, one of my, like, really good friends in high school and, and before that in elementary school, Noah Bowman, who's now, like, taking photographs for Red Bull in Asia or something. We, like, just mess- randomly, I just saw his, like, I follow people on Instagram, so I see the icons at the top. And I just messaged him. I was like, yeah, I haven't talked to you in a while. He was the... Oh man, if you've ever been this down bad for a subscription service, he was making a new guest account every two weeks on his PS4, <laughs> signing up for the PlayStation Plus two-week trial, and then sharing it with his main profile on that account. So he was just so to do this, he had to make fake Gmails, and then he had to make fake PlayStation accounts, and then he had to sign up for the two-week trial. It was incredible. The only person I know to platinum uh, the, all the Dark Souls games. Uh, yeah, so shout out to Noah. Uh, we're gonna hang out when he's back in Ontario. But it's so funny that you also just like just slipped right back into talking to someone you hadn't <laughs> communicated yeah. with in years around video so games. After, so after the fall is is fun. It's it is very. It's basically just Back for Blood or Left for Dead or whatever. But just VR and it, it's cool. Uh, aiming with it is, is is pretty neat and stuff like that. Mm. It's it's fun. So it's these these controllers VR, are like the Oculus controllers. Like they have a little yeah, exactly. plastic They're, piece. Yeah, they're just like yeah, they're basically that. Gotcha. And there's only one wire this time, thank Christ. Like, <laughs> Heather and I were just re- re- reminiscing about the PSVR, and she was just like, "That thing was the breakout box, was, dude." Oh my god. Yeah, the camera, like the camera. There's no camera this no, time. No, I have too. it set like, up. Like I'm that. looking at my PSVR box and cord mess right now. Yeah, it's it's gross. I just part of the reason I put it away was because I'm like, I feel like this is a fire hazard. Yes, <laughs> just all yes. the shit I have here. Um, Horizon though is sick, so yeah, like I haven't played VR in like three years. So to a to a VR vet, I don't know if Horizon is is impressive, mm. and I think it is kind of just like it's meant to be a good entry point into people who are kind of out of it. Because um, you like reach demo, back behind right? you, you get the you get the bow, and then you reach your other hand behind you, and you pull an arrow, and then you actually do the bow movement to shoot. It's pretty it's pretty freaking cool mm-hmm. climbing. Like you work up a sweat just trying to like climb and stuff like that. So it's pretty, it's pretty sweet. Um, <clears throat> a lot of the like VR kind of headache stuff kind of had to work around. Like after the fall was brutal until I just did the transport, the teleportation mm-hmm. movement, mm-hmm. and then it's like perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, I'm waiting for Fire Firewall. I have some other games like wish listed. There's a, a a Creed game that's coming out. In April that that I yeah because you uh, you had that one knockout league boxing game you you said you were oh, like working out was... the sweat on PSVR one right oh it killed me dude and that one that was fun because that was like punch out box yeah like, it was like, like absurd cartoon had, to... bad guys you were fighting <clears throat> yeah and it was a lot about like you had to hit the timer like if you just wail your arms like you won't win yes. you have to like find the correct timing to beat them yeah whereas you Creed have to I think water. is a little bit yeah exactly. Um, and I love that game. That game was dope too. So I'm, I'm excited and yeah, they totally got me. Good. Marketing. Yeah. I'm, Sometimes marketing just wins. I am. I'm sure at some point in the next eight to 24 months, someone at, you know, Canada revenue will make mistake and give me like a $1,200 GST for something. And then I'll use that to buy a PSVR two. But until then, I'm just going to live vicariously through you. Part of it was that. Cause, uh, I, some funds were freed up at crane enterprises. <laughs> I just, <laughs> that yes. But I also just pumped into my RSP ah, this year. Nice, so nice. I got like a, I got a lot back. Good. 
um, this year. So there was that, that was part of it too. Awesome. Uh, but that was dangerous because I kept saying that for different things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to calm down a little bit. But um, yeah, PSVR two is is sweet, and uh, the Horizon game is cool. And and but now it's just like they got to kind of keep going. Like there is no Sony. There's no like we don't really know anything. We just know Factions two is coming out. Mm-hmm. We know Spider Man two, and we know Wolverine. Like that's really but, all we know about from Sony. Oh, so, like in general, not, not even just VR. In general, yeah, 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 yeah. not just VR. Like, right. Yeah, we only know those three games. Oh man, and we don't even know anything about Factions or Wolverine, and we only just know Spider Man because we just assume it'll be like Spider Man one. Like we don't yeah. know anything about those three games. So, but like that's their model now. Is it's because it really clicked like fit into place the new Sony model that one E three where it was four games. Ghost of Tsushima, yeah. uh, Dead, Last of Us 2. Last of Us 2, the zombie motorcycle game, and Marvel's Spider-Man. And it was literally just like, these are the tent poles. This is the next two years of PlayStation. We're going to show you four trailers. And so, like, that's probably, like, the next, this June, whatever Sony does, will just be four trailers. Wolverine, Spider-Man 2, Last of Us Factions, whatever they shoehorned <coughs> the Destiny live service stuff into. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, the other theory, conspiracy theory, that's kind of like hit me being pa- passed around is like the whole Xbox Activision thing. Part of their argument is like PlayStation would not survive without with if Call of Duty was going to be, um, was going to exclusive. be like exclusive yeah. or just like would be forced on a PlayStation Plus or something like that, yeah. uh, or something along those lines. And so that they're they they're reluctant to announce all these other exclusives that they have, like Final Fantasy. 16 right. and promoting all these other things and Silent Hill 2 and all this other shit because they don't want to make it seem like they have a lot in a lot of uh, irons in the fire and, and a lot of things exactly that compete with and there was a exactly and there was a day that there was there was a rumored to be a, a Sony showcase thing and on that day like Final, like there was like a, some trailer drops from like Final Fantasy and, and like other stuff and it's just like oh there, there was a rumor that there was going to be a thing here but they were fighting they didn't want to announce all these exclusives yeah and then, like, we get a new Final Fantasy 16 trailer out of nowhere and all this other stuff. So, yeah, no, no. My favorite thing, I will say, of the whole Microsoft fighting like every international regulator in the world from the EU to Asia <laughs> to the US to like acquire to do the single like greatest move to monopolize the games industry in the history of the games industry. My favorite thing in all of this is Nintendo just did a tweet with like, for the next 10 years, Call of Duty will come to Switch. And, like, we didn't even know it wasn't on Switch. Like, we forgot. <laughs> it's like they don't care yeah. at all. They're like, okay, Sony and Microsoft, do whatever. Buy each other. We don't care. We're making Pikmin 4. <laughs> it's like I love that part of it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah, it's weird. And, like, that that sale was so long ago. Yes. Like, that, that was, like, two years ago. I was still ago working at Redmi Games. Yeah. Yeah. And... I think I don't know if it's still true, but the the purchase price that the stock would be at is not is is more than what the current uh, stock price is of Blizzard. I wonder if that's oh, still so true. You think it was true if for they a adjusted while. it down, people would get they would they would have to buy it for less. I assume at whatever point you sign a deal, it's in that deal. It says stock price at insert date time second. You know, like, no, 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 no. What usually happens is when a purchase happens. This happened for a few because because uh, I had. I had a bunch. It was it. What usually happens is that price is like quote unquote leaked, mm. and the stock price immediately just becomes that price. Mm. So I forget what it like. I forget what it is now, but right now, Activision Blizzard is seventy seventy nine bucks. Mm-hmm. So let's say it was seventy 
let's say the purchase price is like eighty five dollars um, of whenever whenever it merges into Xbox. Mm-hmm. If there was confidence in the sale, that price immediately just goes up to like eighty four ninety nine or eighty eighty four fifty or something. Just like at that. what like they know they're going to get per share for the exactly buyout. because okay. everyone because yeah exactly. no one would pay more. And that for happened that. with. That happened with a few, like I had, an air, I forget what airline, but I had an airline that, that, that happened and, and stuff like that. And that happened with Slack when, when Salesforce purchased Slack right. and other things like that. Um, and for the longest time, that wasn't true for this stock. And that sort of was like a little bit of a, the market's not totally convinced that this is going to happen. I don't know if that's still true though. Huh. And I've been meaning to look it up. But anyways, very randomly, yeah. um, PSVR2 is the greatest thing ever. Made, so. <laughs> Oh man, that's awesome. Uh, so you also finished Dead Space? Did you platinum it or just beat it? No, I didn't platinum it. You had to beat it three times. Oh, it's like Resident Evil. And the last the last section of the game is just very combat heavy mm. and just very like drawn out and annoying that I didn't even beat it the second time. Yeah, it was the it was from the well, we still have this design ethos of like uh this sixty dollar thing has to be at least fifteen hours. <laughs> so yeah. the last third of the game is a lot more enemies now. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like I'm like, ah, oh, this isn't I'm like ah oh. so even when I was doing it being the first time, I was like, fuck, this just draw <laughs> like just goes on and it's like very sectional. Yes. Um and I'm like this just I'm like this has to be the last section and it's not and I'm just like oh <laughs> so then I got to that part like kind of the point of no return yeah. in my second playthrough and I still had to kind of go around the ship to collect to get some collectibles that wasn't a big deal but I was just like I don't have the energy to to do this again and then I certainly don't have the energy the third playthrough is playing on hard Oof. and it's no if you uh no deaths you can't die no so. no thank you I was like, eh, and then I just deleted it. But that game was great. <laughs> it was really good. I, there was definitely some an issue with like the running. I don't know. I still don't know what it was because um, everyone complained about it on the PC. Yeah, like version. you didn't run fast enough to escape certain enemies, right? I wouldn't even trigger the run. It wasn't. There wasn't like a. It wasn't continuous of like walk the walk into running. It was just you either walk or you run. You know what game? You know what and, game uh, solved that? <clears throat> um, Dead Space two thousand and eight. So, uh, I don't know how we managed to 15 years later with a lot more money and more people and knowledge about how to make games, um, break the core mechanic of that game. I know. So the very start of the game is you are kind of away from your teammates and then the necromorphs come and you have to run. And I wasn't running. I was walking down this like kind of now that I was kind of watching it it's very scripted it's obviously very scripted right. but i was just walking down this corridor like quote unquote running away from all these enemies that because you don't have a gun yet <laughs> and i'm like why aren't i fucking like running there's like, a sense I'm of so urgency confused. not reflected in isaac <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly uh, and it's funny because like they would hit me but like my health wasn't really going isaac down, wake so up <laughs> i don't like this and then the weird thing that happened was i f- i discovered that if you stomp I, I wouldn't be able to run, and then I would stomp, and then I could run. Huh. And I'm like, some, I'm, something is wrong here. 
Um, What's wrong is usually um, like that discovery you made, uh, a, a studio would pay someone like me to find before they sold should, it to why you. Aren't you <laughs> why weren't you working on Dead Space? Well, uh, the actual answer to that question is the uh, incompetence of management at EA. But um. <laughs> Oh, the other annoying thing, too, is I, I bought it physically, right? Right. Physical. Of course, hashtag physical. I went forever. to go, <clears throat> I went to go pick it up and EB Games is like machines that day were down. So I couldn't like they had so no, the game was in the room with you, but you couldn't take it home. Exactly, and I didn't. Did I pay for? I had paid for it as oh, well. That's and I was like, I'm Steve. like, I have it paid, and they're like, yeah, but we need to like do a transaction to say you picked it up. And they're just like, I can't do anything for you, man. I was like, fuck. Yeah, that's upsetting. So I ended up, I downloaded digital. I was just like, I'm not waiting for this game. <laughs> like, I want to play this game. So. Uh, you know what? I also downloaded digitally uh, and was also saying. Uh, I was also frustrated with uh, would be the long tease Soviet Bioshock Atomic Hearts. Um, oh, actually, sorry. Before you go, oh, okay. before you continue, yeah, hit me. on January eighteenth, twenty twenty-two. So I guess it's been a, over a year and a half, a year and a bit. Okay. Microsoft announced it would acquire Activision Blizzard for sixty-eight point seven billion in all cash deal, which is crazy. Just make it or sixty-nine. Approxim- uh, anyway, continue. <laughs> or approximately ninety-five dollars per share. Okay. The trade, the deal right now. Like the stock is seventy nine dollars. Like you, so wait, you wait, wait. So if I buy you could, stock now and then the deal goes through, do I just pocket the twenty? <laughs> exactly. Yes. What? You would. You would be given. You would be either given Microsoft stock as at that value yeah. of ninety. You would get ninety five dollars of, of Microsoft, Microsoft stock, stock, or the the all the stock would just be gone and then you would be given ninety five dollars. Like so. So that. So that's the market saying that there is not confidence in this deal. And so then on, let me just look, on January, yeah, on January, actually the stock hasn't really moved since the deal. It's been hovering around this $80 like mark. So there's not really like... But you presume like, like as soon as the EU clears it or like the exactly. American regulator yeah. clears it, then it does that thing you mentioned where it just snaps to the sale price. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, but a bunch of people are going to pocket money in between. Like, that'll be a good day for a bunch of people who thinks it's going to go through. Yeah, and then the thing is, though, if it doesn't go through, I'm, I would assume that stock just fell. <laughs> like plummets, which would be great. Bob, Bobby Kotick is is for the first time in a long time just sweating a little. Other than the normal reason he sweats, which is standing up or talking. Uh, or being a douchebag, Steve. So I'm I'm not a super expert. I'm pretty sure I'm what I'm saying is true. That's how I understand how it works. Mm. That's how it worked for me for the stocks that I own. Hey, that and I will sold. not fact check, and it is now how I understand how it works. So all right, this is how the world works. So, anyways, <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Sorry, I'll, I'll, Atomic Hearts. I do want to hear about Atomic Hearts because I haven't played Xbox, and there's been like three or four games released on game pass that i want to like dive into mm. atomic hearts is one of them so uh i don't how's it feel to uh how's it feel to give money to russia uh i gave money to gamestop who gave money to some hedge fund who gave money to the studio that made atomic hearts who has creative leadership with direct patrilineal ties to vladimir putin uh, and I wish I didn't because the game sucks, Steve. I don't like it. It's it's really bad. I, it's, it's I heard it's no, I dude. It's, it's so it's everything you 
complained about Callisto Protocol in terms of like not understanding how to do an intro, a tutorial, interesting characters, or mm. learning anything at all from what made Bioshock interesting. You know what made Bioshock fucking interesting, Steve? Is I crash land a plane for some reason and then go into a lighthouse and take an elevator down and now I'm in a tube and this person with a wrench and the lights go out is running around screaming and then the door opens and I, like, I don't want to step out because what's in the lobby? She might be there. But no, it'll slowly string me along to like picking up my first gun, killing my first splicer, combining all all of that diegetically through what I'm doing. Atomic Hearts straps you into a car, flies you around while a shitty AI voice that's from one of these TikToks where Joe Rogan plays Rocket League with Elon Musk reads me the entire <laughs> history of the Soviet Union since this fictional event forced all of them to harness the collective power to develop machines to replace a bunch of workers who got offed in some weird alternate history event. I didn't play enough to figure out what it was. Is it World War II? Like, I yeah, thought, yeah, but um, there's some... World- but like, I don't remember. I don't know the specifics. Like, so yeah, somehow during World War II, significantly more Soviets died than in actual timeline, and so they develop it. Which is crazy because yeah. so many Soviets Yo, died. Yeah, no. <laughs> the only reason we're not all speaking German, you fucking idiots, is the Soviet Union. But anyway. Uh, the. Tutorial is so on rails, so bland, and so just like everything that is uninteresting about AAA design to me in like an hour. And yeah, and it's Game Pass. So, of course, I just like you did with, you know, whatever you mentioned earlier, uninstalled it. (laughs) Dead Space, yeah. But no, you liked that. I just Uh, mean like, yeah, because I didn't buy it and it was just like something on my hard drive, I played an hour of it and uninstalled it. When World War II broke out, the Soviets quickly gained the upper hand, but just before Nazi Germany was defeated in 1942, they unleashed the Brown Plague virus, leaving millions dead and creating an international demand for Soviet robots Mm. to compensate for resulting working shortages. So they did the Brown Plague virus is not like highlights, so I guess it's a fictional thing. Just mustard gassed the entire uh, Eastern Front. Hmm. What does it say for the, the English and the Americans and French and all that? Do they do the brown plague that way too? I don't know. I didn't like honestly. Like it just gives you the <laughs> the as boringly as possible. Just explain the level you're on, the <laughs> compound, the all the different proper nouns of famous people. I'm sure I'm gonna meet and kill throughout this game who have different roles in the organization and and yeah, and just slowly fed the UI through different pop up <laughs> paragraphs of text that explain yeah. to me what I'm doing. I heard like the dialogue is atrocious. It's bad, like, Steve. Like your guy is the most. You know that picture of every single <coughs> buzz cut white guy protagonist, and it's like fifty of them, and you're like, wow, it is actually every video game. This is another yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's Atomic Hearts. It sucks. Tunic. I did play a bunch more of, and it's really awesome. But I don't know why I put it here because you should just listen to the interview to hear about Tunic. Um, hmm. yeah. Did you beat it? You beat it, didn't you? Um. <laughs> Oh, you didn't beat it before the interview. You suck. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've just been playing Overwatch 2 and Marvel Snap aside from that. But you don't want to hear about that. Nerd game for nerds and losers. Uh, why did you put Paper Mario down? What were you playing that on? Switch? Switch? Huh. Like, yeah. uh, is that one of the ones they added in all those retro games recently? No, no, no. Sorry. It's, it's oh, whatever. The, I don't know. Uh, whatever the new one. Yeah. Uh, or- Origami King? Yeah, that yeah. one. So I played, uh, I don't know six seven eight nine hours or so of that uh sophia likes it because it's very colorful Aww. 
Paper Mario, ser- Paper Mario, ser- um, Paper Mario series has kind of a soft spot in my heart. Yeah, I love those games. Thousand Year Door and GameCube is like amazing. Um, but ever since that game, they made it less and less RPG. Mm. So you don't like level up and stuff like that. And so the battles eventually become pointless. And you still they they did this with uh, fucking the other one on 3ds. I forget what it's called. Right. But they don't. They, you still kind of do the battles as much as you would in like an RPG. But there's like no reason to. You're do just going that. through the motions. Um, yeah, and they're they're kind of clever puzzles. The bosses are like especially like really really clever. Okay. Um, but eventually it's just like this. This is just a waste of my time. Like I rather. I rather if you would cut the battles in half, it'd be much more doable because there's still like overworld uh, like puzzles and stuff to figure out, and the writing is always hilarious and, mm. and cute and funny. Oh, the suicidal Bob um, um, who's questioning his existence is incredible. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So have you played it? Then? No, I've just seen clips and like yeah, read about. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I love the humor <laughs> in that game from screens and clips. Yeah, he's he's great, yeah. but you just do the battles and and like they're. It's just like it becomes tedious. Mm. And you're just like, oh, like, why are you doing this? Like, and they did this with the three. I forget what the 3DS one was called. Um, coins or some stupid. Some stupid. So it's kind of annoying because Thousand Year Door still had all those battles, but you would level up and get stronger and get new items and stuff like that. Yeah, and, uh, the number went great. up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Hmm. So it's just like playing a JRPG where you don't level up, and it's just like, well, I just don't need to play <laughs> all these battles. Like this is part of the game to grind and get the dopamine but you're not even giving that to me you're just giving me coins which is just littered all over the world so one of my earliest hard drive articles i remember really like is like square enix announces new jrpg controller and it's just a big a button like the (laughs) well speaking of making the number go up that's episode 227 of the canadiangamedevs.com podcast uh links to everything including music used of course in the show notes uh if you want to help us keep making the show patreon.com slash canadian game devs backing us there gets you early access to interviews like the floor kids and tunic interview as well as our upcoming interviews with world of Interra developers 81 monkeys and the hockey hero solo developer christopher from treewood studios you'll get those two days early patreon.com slash canadian game devs and at the credited patron tier or higher we would like to personally thank you so thanks a ton, Aaron McLeod, David Nagy, Dugsy, Eleanor, Elizabeth Avery, Jean Leggett, Kai Hutchins, Meowda Leon, and Nicholas A. Zorko. Drop us a review if you're able on Apple Podcasts or whatever weird app you're listening to that I don't know how to use because I only use Apple Podcasts. And follow us at Canada Game Devs on Twitter, um, Instagram, Canadian Game Devs, TikTok, Canadian Game Devs, CanadianGameDevs.com. Steve, I have a couple anen- ad- ad- addendums, I think is the word I want to use, to episode uh, 226. Uh, Victor mm. wrote in, so uh, if you want to DM me and point out things on the show I said that were wrong, please do, because I want to get the record straight. Apparently when we were talking about Peglin last episode, uh, I said, assume 20% of the people who bought the game reviewed it, because we were talking about just how, because it had like 6,000 reviews. We were like, damn, that's a lot of sales. Uh Victor told me, quote, it's actually between two and six percent. The only reason I mention that is because that makes it 10 times to three times more successful than what you had like said with the 20 percent. Peglin is killing it much more than you would think. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, apparently Peglin is shipping units, Steve hotcakes that uh seven thousand very positive reviews. So it's awesome. Assume the most conservative. That's that's another that's a roguelike. That's true. That's true. And uh, 
yeah assume the conservative end two percent six thousand seven thousand reviews is two percent of how many units sold steve just to give us a number here that would be like seven thousand of two percent no seven thousand is two percent of what if we were gonna fi- try uh, to guess the most con- the most sorry that would be the most like liberal estimate of how many units it's <clears> sold one second. That's okay. It's math. I don't know how to do or can't be bothered. 350,000. That's insane, Steve. Self-published, right? Is there a studio name or a publisher name on that one? I forget. Uh, Indie Art. Well, it says Red Nexus Games and then Indie and Arc. Indie Arc. As well. Okay. Yeah, they have a website. But here. still. Yeah. Still. You got, you, got, still. you got some money. You got some bills coming in. Peglin's dope. That's probably the next roguelike game that i played uh the most and that actually you know what i'm just noticing too peglin is a pachinko roguelike fight enemies blah 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 blah. uh tag roguelite Mm. and uh one more addendum to episode 226 Uh, i want to highlight steve said uh suicide squad is probably going to be the next big triple a failure because we were like kind of speculating as a bunch of these triple a games like come out and just flop immediately like outriders or uh, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that, that after Avengers, cause we were talking about that one shutting down and just making all the content free. Uh, you said suicide squad might be the next one. And then I just want to highlight suicide squad in one of the PlayStation <laughs> things did a big gameplay trailer. And then like two days later delayed the game a year. Cause they were like, Oh, people did not like what we were putting down. Uh, <laughs> let, was, yeah. let us, uh, go, but like, and a bunch of people are quick to point this out. And I agree. At this point, it's the fundamental design of the game that I think people don't like and aren't vibing with. So what do you? What is delaying it a year gonna do? <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, exactly. Because it's, it's just like everyone can fly. Everyone can. It's just cover based shooter. Yep, like there's yep. not really a difference. Like Season you're you're playing a shark that's holding a gun. When, exactly. Yeah. So, so who knows? Yeah, I just wanted to <laughs> highlight Steve calling that one uh, yeah, yeah. a couple weeks before reality caught up i would say diablo i would say diablo 4 watch out for that one that one's going to, that's that's on steve's watch i don't know if it's going to that's going to just the internet's going to fucking hate that game on walk, without on a walk. doubt mm. Mm. um and if there's any bets you'd like to add at the end of this week steve <laughs> uh you picked the bucks still for nba champs um you and i both picked the bengals l l you got big l for that i just see steven thinks frigid what's that the last bet. Oh, it was a wish list this game, and I think something about it, but I didn't write it down. Let's see if Faye Farm has a bigger size on it. It was two gigabytes when I checked. Because, yeah, yeah, we were speculating about Faye Farm from the <laughs> Dauntless devs. Uh, okay, it still says two gigabytes on Nintendo. Interesting. Thing. But it's not out yet. No, so I think the true comparison will be like what my Switch OS says when I have it installed in yeah, my library. Ex- <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I'll give you some wiggle room. If it says like two, if it's like, if it goes up by like 2.6, like that's give me, way. give me, but if it's 0.5 on either side, how about um, that's 500 megabytes. That's nothing, Steve. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you point six. Even. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll take you it. 6. I'll take it. That's it for episode two two seven. Thank you, everyone. We'll talk to you probably, hopefully, actually next week. Uh, yeah. Do you want to lock any other bets in? We got a lot to juggle here. We should maybe. Until some of the, oh. I'm going to say the rat. So the let's, let's hold on. Let's look at the NBA stands right now. It's March Madness. My right March now. Madness bra- Yeah, my bracket's fucking done because Purdue nah. sucks. They lost. So. so you picked a Bucks for NBA. Um, You're going to pick 
I don't know what's next after that. Baseball? No, that's October, isn't it? Um. Well, NHL. Oh, NHL. But I don't care about NHL. No. Ooh. Oh, the do, do the Leafs get out of the first round? No, they won't. Uh, uh Christopher from Treewood Studios uh, also doesn't think they will make it past Boston. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Okay, Toronto is ninth mm. right now. Uh, currently, how it works is the ninth and tenth teams in the NBA will play against each other, and then the winner of that plays the seventh and eighth. Per- so the seven and eight teams play against each other. The winner of that is the seventh seed. The nine and ten teams play. The winner of that plays the loser of the other game, mm-hmm. and then the winner of that becomes the eighth seed. I think Toronto will be at least in the eighth seed spot. So I think they'll win one of the like they'll win and be able to. Make the playoffs, okay. and then they'll get swept in the first round. Right, but. of course. Uh, specifically, <laughs> uh, they will get swept in the third period of Game Seven with a four-goal lead. Like that period, they will get swept. Uh, I mean, swept doesn't really make sense. In no, it doesn't. Yeah, I was trying to get funny with it, and it didn't work. I hear you because they because Boston. Um, <laughs> I don't want to make a bet on the Leafs because I don't really care about the Leafs. At, but I will. I will say the Raptors make the playoffs. As and not and not kind of the plan. As my podcast hero and uh, general person, I try to model my life around. Will Menneker uh, said, "Gambling is truly the most noble thing a man can pursue, only if he's good." I at saw. It. Um, I saw a TikTok where someone is betting a hundred dollars on all the underdogs <laughs> and in the March Madness, yeah. and as of. Uh, I think the end of the first round, he's up like fourteen hundred dollars. So. Incredible! Stay winning, dudes. That, Pur- <laughs> that, that Purdue game, like, would have cru- would have crushed it. Like a hundred dollar bet on that, probably he probably made like three thousand dollars on it. I'm sure. I think so. if you take two things away from this episode, it's to reach out to a male friend you haven't talked to in five years but shared an interest with at that time, uh, and put a lot of money on sports gambling this week. Is that fair to say, yeah. Steve? Oh, that's good. All right. Heard all the money yeah. from sports games. Put money you don't have. Take take money from someone who would, you know, leverage, <laughs> you know, parts of your body or potentially family members or large assets like your home or automobile. Um, get them to give you cash to gamble on sports. Go down to your local bank. They got lots of money. You just say, yeah. give me your money. Yes, they have to. They can't resist. They have to. <laughs> Actually, that's true. They, if you do rob a and bank, if, and, they, and they are supposed to just give you the bank. If you can get to another bank within three minutes and deposit it, you get to keep it. <laughs> Wait, what? What do you mean? <laughs> From the robbery. Like, if you rob a BMO and can get to an RVC in time and have them deposit it, you get to keep it. That's a loophole they don't tell you about. No, that's not really <laughs> It is, and you should do it, and uh, we should all do that. And uh, the uh, end of Fight Club is a template. Is that a is that a reference from to Fight Club? No, or? but they blow up a bunch of credit card companies. Oh, I see. Yeah. Do they really? I, thought, I don't. Know. I have no idea what that movie's about. I thought it was about a fight. I club. watched it for the first time without knowing the twist, and like I kept commenting oh, like really? on the twist throughout, and my friends like thought I was joking, like "Oh yeah, that's funny." And at the end, I was like, "Huh, it was X," and they were like, "Wait, you didn't actually know the twist?" I was like, "No, I was putting it together." They're like, how this movie came out in two thousand three or whatever. Yeah, I don't. I know the twist, but I don't. I think I know the twist, but I don't. Uh... I never watched it. Okay, yeah. But I'm on Letterboxd now. I made, you I did. made two reviews on Letterboxd. You did. Um, what? Was it Ant-Man you were going to see if it ranked <laughs> higher than that Penguin documentary you watched? It does not. It does not. Penguins, Penguins I reviewed, and then Ant-Man. I liked Ant-Man a lot, though. People don't like it. No, I hate it. The thi- Okay, 
But, so do you just hate it because you are just a snob and don't like MCU stuff? Or No, it was really gross. Like, the animation was really gross. Like, especially after Way of Water, I was like, how are you still putting out movies that look like this and, like, sleeping well at night, you know? And, and they don't because they're making $15 an hour, working 60 hours a week in Georgia animation. Do you mean, like, the MODOK stuff? Like, I no, think MODOK like, is, like, like MODOK was funny, perfectly. But it was, like, it was funny, like watching spy kids in 2023 is funny you know it's like oh wow yeah people actually thought this looked good at a time you know and that's that's funny and that time is just modern day so it loses a bit of that spy kids charm but no after way of water and like an actually good looking cgi rendering process in production uh the mcu just looks even worse when like there were characters in background fights and ant-man who were lit differently and i'm like you can't even get the background guys on the same green screen like we're putting together shots from different green screens that's how much we don't care about this production and it's not and again i don't even think it is that they don't care it's like obviously a lot of people really care about making movies work on this it is just like the machine needs new content so fast that it's impossible to make it look good. Like, that's what I believe is the situation. That was a good ep, Steve. Good ep.